The following podcast contains explicit language. From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Annika Mintu. I'm Molly Lubers. And I'm Victoria Bittefield. This is NUD Classified, a look into how wildcats thrive and survive on Northwestern's campus. As Northwestern prepared to start spring quarter remotely, students who relied on the university's work-study program to earn an income were left confused about the future of their jobs. I have a work-study job on campus, and one of the first things I thought about when I heard about all the campus closures was, am I going to be able to work? That was junior Cameron Cook. Concerned about her job, she looked up the Department of Education's guidance on work-study funding for students unable to work due to school closure. At the time, the guidance stated that if a school had closed during the middle of the term, then it could continue to pay work-study students. This didn't apply to Northwestern, which officially closed campus buildings after the end of winter quarter and before the start of spring quarter. So Cameron emailed the work-study office. The work-study coordinator, Ann Horn, responded to her on March 16th. In the email obtained by The Daily, Horn wrote that work-study students can only be paid for hours worked. She added that Cameron could request some of her Stafford loan, which she previously rejected to help with the lost earnings. I was like, okay, I'm not going to take that. Dissatisfied with Northwestern's response, Cameron, along with a friend and a union organizer, drafted a petition. They requested changes that they knew the university was unlikely to make, hoping for a compromise. The ask was high, and I recognize that, you know, it's eight hours a week of paid time off. It's 20 extra hours of paid sick leave for everybody on top of what they have. It's $15 an hour hazard pay for people who are still working. And this, like, blanket assurance that people who can work remotely will work remotely. But getting something sort of in the middle wouldn't be the end of the world. The petition started gaining traction, and Cameron sent the demands to Northwestern President Morton Shapiro, urging him to consider her concerns for student workers. But Shapiro left her with a brief reply. Morty's initial response, which was, thank you, and then be well. And I was like, cool, thanks. This is a great way to respond to, you know, a bunch of student workers and allies saying, we can't pay rent, please give us our fucking money. And it was bothersome. I didn't expect much more. Cameron wasn't satisfied. She posted Shapiro's reply to her email on Twitter. She also kept publicizing the petition, and it ultimately gained around 400 signatures by Wednesday, April 1st. The university came out with a statement that same day saying that all work-study students would be paid according to the rate and number of hours they worked winter quarter. But Cameron says she feels like the decision is still too vague. There's like a lot of uncertainty still over what exactly is going to happen in terms of what if you can work a little bit. The, The job that I do, which is actually in the Daily's business office, some of my work can be done remotely, but not all of it can. Cameron wasn't the only student worried about how it would be possible for them to complete their job off campus. One of the others is freshman Ilona Lukina, who works as an administrative assistant in the McCormick Customer Service Center. I basically help out with regular administrative tasks like paperwork and filing, and I fill out some forms and like update spreadsheets. And then in the last 15 minutes of my shift, I deliver documents all around tech in the engineering department and surrounding buildings. Although some employers are arranging ways for students to work remotely, Ilona knows that she won't be working this quarter and will instead just get paid the same amount she earned winter quarter. Though students like Ilona now know they will be paid for spring quarter, they are still left without the opportunities that work provides. In high school, I never had a job because I wanted to focus on academics, and I thought that would be too stressful to also have a job on top of that. But in college, the work-study program really helps me out because it gives me job experience for the first time, and it's kind of in a more chill, laid-back way because it's work-study. When I'm done with the things I have to do for the day, I can do homework, and it's like a really nice balance between the two while also getting that experience. 
On April 1st, the email from the Office of Undergraduate Financial Aid explained that on the week of April 13th, students would be notified of the exact amount they would receive for the quarter. Later, the office said that this money would come in a lump sum for the whole quarter. On April 14th, Suspi Jr. Eliza Gonring woke up and went to request her refund of that lump sum. I saw that it was $351, and in a typical paycheck, like for a two-week period, I make about $200. So already I was like, that is not the lump sum. And I asked other people if they had gotten some similar issues. It was really early, so only one person responded saying they got the full amount. And she suggested that my work-study allotment may have run out. And I was like, oh, that might be it. Because it's happened in the past. So I emailed them and I was like, hey, like, why don't I have more than this? In the response obtained by the Daily, Horn broke down the math. Eliza had earned the majority of her work-study allotment, leaving about $332 remaining. She also was refunded a $19 athletic fee. Horn told Eliza that she couldn't receive more than her allotment and wrote that she could request to have her rejected loans reinstated. When she sent that, I responded. I was like, I think it's unfair for the school to recruit low-income students if you're not going to take care of us when we get here. I was like, I don't like being told to take out a loan because that's not really help. Eliza had assumed that she would be paid the same amount as winter quarter. So when she saw that number on her screen, it was a scary moment. I was like, okay, at the end of the day, like I have that money to rely on. And then I woke up and it wasn't there and it was kind of like terrifying. I had all these plans this morning, like I was going to get my reading done, like all this stuff. And I just like, I couldn't do anything because I was just so worried about like not having anything. Eliza isn't the only student who ran into that problem. One student talked with a daily but requested to remain anonymous out of concerns for repercussions at her job. She already filled up her work-study allotment for the year during winter quarter. While she said her boss has been incredible and was trying to find work for her, she was frustrated with Northwestern's response. The university talks a lot of talk about how they're going to like support their workers and like help you and like they're not going to. I don't know if it's like a genuine malice or if it's just apathy or if it's just that they're unable to. I don't know, but like at this time, like I don't think that the university as a whole is being effective. And I think a lot of it is because like they don't want to have to spend money <laughs> and resources on us. And it really just comes down to the individual department that you're employed by and if they're going to take care of you and your financial status. So I just hope that others in other departments are able to have bosses that are looking out for them and fighting for their chance to support themselves. When Eliza found out how much she would be refunded, she wasn't sure if her boss would be able to rehire her. On Wednesday, March 25th, Northwestern paused temporary employee hiring, effective through late April. Her job isn't a work-study-only position, and she has been hired in years past to continue working, even when her allotment ran out. But at first, she wasn't sure if that would be a possibility. You're all just sitting here, jobless, not knowing if or when if we're going to get a job back. And it's so frustrating. It's not surprising because I've been here for three years and I know this is just how they treat low-income students, but it's really ironic considering that they had that email that was like, oh, we all came together and this is going to be so much easier. But who are they coming together for? (laughs) The day after Eliza received the news of her refund amount, she filed an appeal with the university to raise her work-study allotment. Last Wednesday, she found out that appeal was granted. And just last Friday, she learned she was rehired. There's really not much work for me to do. So my hours are like halved from what they would be at a typical quarter. So I'm definitely happy my allotment was raised because I think I honestly still need more than they were originally going to give me to get by. 
But between the time she got the first email and when she got the funds she had been counting on, more than 20 days had passed. The process is still kind of just like a little frustrating just because they keep you in the dark about so much. Like if my boss hadn't told me that HR was what was holding up me getting hired, like I wouldn't have known that just because the school wasn't telling me. And just with the appeal thing, like once again, it's so frustrating because I like I still know people who haven't had their allotment raised despite appealing. And it's kind of weird because like, we really don't know why they make these decisions. And even if the decisions aren't arbitrary from our end, they just feel completely arbitrary. So I appreciate the university for helping me and giving me the support I need. I just wish the decisions would extend to everyone and that we could get more reasoning behind the decisions because like that week where I wasn't, I didn't have the money I thought I would have from the work study refund. I hadn't heard back from my job. I wasn't sure if allotment could even get raised. Like it was all really kind of scary, especially with everything that's happening. (laughs) Just appreciate more communication, more transparency. So while Eliza's appeal went through, Northwestern didn't raise all students' work-study allotments. And there are still unanswered questions as to whether more of the demands on Cameron's petition will be met. There's also a chunk of students who are employed by Northwestern, but not through the work-study program. One of Cameron's biggest concerns about the university's decision is that the school still isn't offering to help pay these employees. There are a lot of offices that hire both work-study and non-work-study students, and it is unreasonable to offer work-study students kind of a severance package, like they're laying us off and then paying us, and not people who don't qualify for work-study. It's going to be a harder sell for the university, because the way the work-study program works is the feds pay a big chunk, but you know, if you're hired by Northwestern, you don't get work-study, they pay it all. To hold the university to the same standard on those people is going to be a harder win, because they don't want to give up money. But they have the money, but it's a pandemic, if you're not going to spend it on this, what are you going to spend it on? And Cameron says there is potential for more student organizing if the admin isn't willing to help. It might be worth it to bring in the big guns in terms of organizing to get some national organizations involved. I hope it doesn't have to come to that point, And I hope the university will make a concession to students before the fight turns more ugly, which is obviously like something that a lot of us will be willing to do to continue to fight for it. Northwestern has tried to become a more socioeconomically diverse school with various initiatives, such as 20 by 2020, a goal of admitting a class of 20% Pell Grant eligible students, which was achieved in 2018. But Eliza thinks that many Northwestern students even forget that low-income students attend the school. We're not really mentioned during the like, True Northwestern dialogues, which like try to mention all the marginalized groups on campus. Like We're really not talked about except for like in little like side notes on syllabuses or like, oh, this is a fund that exists, but we're not going to advertise it except through word of mouth, like so that it doesn't get too big and that we have to put more money into it. So I think it's intentional that we're not pointed out to as like a distinct community on campus because then they would have to start taking care of us because we'd be visible. So I think the neglect is intentional. Also, kids on this campus, like the fact that there's low income kids Rich kids would have to start thinking about what that means about their wealth. It's like, if that disparity exists, what does that say about the amount you have? And should you be giving it to people that have less? That's a question a lot of people don't want to ask themselves. So it's easier just to think that we're all the same. And in light of the initiatives that have gone into increasing NU's FGLI community, Cameron hopes the university starts seriously considering all students who may need assistance as their income stream is brought to a halt.
as the university tries to diversify in terms of income, if they're trying to get FGLI students onto this campus and learning in this campus and succeeding, then they have to start thinking about things like this and they have to start admitting that you're on your own isn't gonna work out very much anymore. That's all for this episode of NUD Classified. I'm Anika Mittu. I'm Molly Lubers. And I'm Victoria Benefield. Thanks for listening. This episode was reported and produced by me, Molly Lubers, Anika Mittu, and Victoria Benefield. The audio editor of The Daily Northwestern is me. The digital managing editors are Callan Luciano and Hina Shravastva. And the editor-in-chief is Marissa Martinez.